You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast coming to Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, you guys know the drill for uh, what are normally Tuesdays, obviously, you know, Monday night, and we're going to have some, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Monday shows, which are sometimes going to lead to Tuesday shows with Monday night appearances, uh, but we like to sit down with pro football. I'm sorry, PFFs, John Costco, uh, your local experts on the biggest stories for your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. Uh, John joining us here. We're going to uh, try to sort through this here. Um, look, I, I, you know, the the aggravations some of you have, things of that nature. Look, guys, I, I totally understand it. And as you heard Pete and I last night, uh, there's a lot of questions to be had right now. And um, one of the reasons Freddie Kitchens was hired for this is because we love the offensive creativity of the second half of last season. Uh, if anybody knows the black hole that that went to, uh, we'd love to see that stuff again. And, uh, and look, Baker's off. There's no doubt about that. Uh, John, but I guess let's start with on the defensive side of the ball. The fact that, A, number one, look, if you're playing the Los Angeles Rams and you only give up 20 points, you kind of get an attaboy from there. The fact that you did it with an ex- a full secondary of backups, and let's be honest, Justin Barris showed up in Saturday – um, granted, he was here for the entire summer. Um, it, it was a yeoman's effort on those guys' parts. Did the grades match? Um, but either way, I mean, you, you got to tip your cap to the guys because nobody was expecting this. Yeah, I mean, the grades were good on the defense side of the ball, uh, which is obviously encouraging. It was their best def- defensive performance of the year. Um, up until this game, we were, I was actually kind of worried – Uh, heading into this that they were just going to get destroyed because they really hadn't put it together on defense yet they obviously they should you know basically shut out the Jets last week but the you know our grades kind of separate the you know the results from you know the process at what how it happens and basically they missed a ton of tackles last week there's a lot of blown coverages that weren't getting taken uh, advantage of by the you know obviously Trevor Simeon and Luke Falk to quarterbacks that shouldn't be starting in the NFL so you know coming into this week the Rams who obviously have one of the best offenses of the you know the past two years they hadn't been quite as efficient this year as they had been in the past couple of years but still it's the Rams and they you know they can dial it up at any time you saw them go off for you know 50 some odd points last year in a, in a game and you know was one of the highest scoring offenses in the NFL so you could you can envision them uh, easily putting up 40 points on a, especially on a, on a Brown secondary that didn't have a single starter uh, starting. So uh, the fact that they were able to hold him to 20 points uh, was very impressive. Uh, Jared Goff wasn't, wasn't crisp. He was, he was making a lot of wayward passes. Um, and, you know, the Rams kind of helped out the Browns defense in, in ways, but uh, you know, they really showed up. Uh, Miles Garrett had his best game of the year, obviously didn't commit any penalties and was just unblockable on the edge despite you know you know maybe holding calls that didn't get called and stuff like that so really encouraging from the defensive standpoint that they were able to to hold that type of a you know offensive firepower team uh, at bay i'm assuming miles garrett maybe just got tired of writing checks so maybe it was just you know all right we'll take it a little bit easier this week um obviously you know we got to see mac wilson's first start how'd it go john yeah, Mac Wilson was fine. Um, he, you know, Good. he didn't miss any tackles. Uh, his grade was a sixty-nine point seven, so it's not like it's phenomenal by any means. But he had five pass rushes and didn't affect the quarterback on those five pass rushes. Um, was was good in run defense, and his coverage grade was was pretty solid. Um, 
you know, he was targeted, he was targeted quite a bit in that game, um, you know, and, and he gave up a decent number of catches, but none of them for like any type of consequence um, did give up one 21 yard pass. But uh, really other than that, he was pretty solid. It just, he didn't have like a, a tremendous impact on the game, uh, but he was, he wasn't a liability by any means uh, much better than, you know, anything we've seen from Christian Kirksey this year who I know is a fan favorite of a lot of Browns fans, but Kirksey really hasn't played well uh, this year or last year or the year before. So, you know, it, it was only a matter of time and, you know, perhaps this injury kind of just accelerated that process and, uh, you know, interesting to see how he, he performs moving forward, especially now that teams are going to get more tape on the guy and know how to, how to maybe perhaps scheme up for him. But he, he looked good in this game for, for the most part. And that's one thing, you know, obviously with me taking over the show about two years ago and, you know, I kind of said these things and it was, you know, at the time, uh, you know, how dare you speak ill of Christian Kirksey? And uh, it's just, you know, he hasn't been the player he was. He's certainly not the player that got that extension. And uh, look, you know, Christian Kirksey, we'll see how the injury plays out. And even if maybe he makes it back to the active roster. Um, but, you know, I don't think he'll never start a – I don't think he'll ever start another football game for this team. It, it's, we've, it's probably seen the last, we've probably seen the last – snaps that Kirksey's going to play. I, I don't envision him coming back. I don't, you know, there's, there's a number of players that are in the IR. Um, and I think more importantly, other more important players are on IR that they want to see come back. Um, and especially the way he struggled. I mean, in the first game, he gave a pass rating of 158.3, you know, perfect pass rating for the seasons at 155.8, obviously small sample sizes, but you know, it's not like he, he shuts down the pass. He doesn't do anything at an exceptional level. Uh, so, I, you know, in my opinion, he shouldn't be coming. He shouldn't be the one, the one player you designate to return from, from uh, injury. Is it one or is it two? I thought you get two. Uh, I don't, I, well, you don't they change the rule. No, no, no. Yeah. You don't designate them anymore. They go on IR. You establish their six right. weeks till they can come to practice eight weeks till they can come back. Right. Look, but then you, but when you do yeah. that, you only allow, you're only allowed one. You don't have to designate a certain player, but I after thought it was certain, two. well, it, it, it maybe, maybe it is two, but I, okay. just, I just know that you don't have to, yeah, you're right. You yes. don't have to designate them, but you decide it when they're ready or whatever. Let's look at it this way. For what they did, what they did with Greg Robinson for Drew Forbes, obviously they'd like to get Drew Forbes back this year. And obviously their other target right now is David Njoku, as long as obviously the body is willing. So, you know, that's going to put Kirksey in a tough, tough spot right there to begin with. Um, and one more here before, you know, we get to a break, we'll switch it over to the offensive side of the ball. And <laughs> Chad Thomas, uh, look, we have our, so we all have our fun with Chad Thomas. I think we're starting to see maybe – the role they have at least envisioned for him. And look, Miles Garrett doesn't need to get down there and have 700 pounds of offensive line beating him up on, you know, third inches at the goal line. Look, it's not that he's not capable of it. It's not that he's not capable of making a play, but maybe it's not the best, you know, know, asset of resources, so to speak. Chad Thomas, snap him out. How was it, John? It's not bad. So he's actually not. It's so weird. I know. I felt like I was like, oh man, thunder is going to rain down upon me when I actually say John Thomas didn't look bad. Yeah, no, he he didn't. I mean, two weeks in a row now that he's looked pretty solid. You know, he had a 73.7 last week. Yesterday, he had a 73.9. So that's pretty dang. Trending upwards. Right. Trending upwards (laughs) and very consistent. And he's not a guy that. Um, he's not a guy that's going to affect the passer all that like consistently, I guess, but he's, um, 
you know, he's and for when you need him as a run defender, he's been solid as a run defender and he has yet to miss a tackle. So, you know, obviously small sample size. He only played 19 slap snaps last week, 11 last night. So we'll see like how he goes moving forward. But that is, you know, that's a good role because down in the goal line, you know, it's nice to have give Miles Garrett a breather. Obviously having him on the goal line could be very beneficial and he can easily disrupt the plays and blow up plays much better than what Chad Thomas, you know, has the potential for. But I mean, what's more important wanting to have, I mean, preventing touchdowns is, is very important, but like on a, on a final drive, let's say the game's tied or like they're down by seven, you need Miles Garrett to make a, a game pl- a changing sack or something like that. Um, having him fresh for that, uh, even if it's just a couple of snaps that he, that was given, you know, on the goal line, didn't have to do all the, you know, that's obviously better. So that's, it's important then I would say. Well, the one advantage Chad Thomas has um, of the five defensive ends, Jannard Avery, Chris Smith, Miles Garrett, Olivier Vernon, he, he probably carries the most, you know, carries the most fat back, <laughs> you know, the most weight in the ass. And, you know, I mean, he's got a good size to him. Uh, you know, obviously Miles is a little bit lighter than you'd like, but that's fine because that's why he's so explosive as he is. And Olivier Vernon, you know, he's not your traditionally sized four, three defensive end, obviously still a great player, but you know, look, there's, there's a way Chad Thomas can contribute. And if we're talking talking about 30 snaps in the last two weeks, it may have like quadrupled his rookie season output. We got more coming here with John. I'm going to flip it over to the offensive side of the ball. We'll get to, you know, some grades here and stuff. Maybe go through that last four place sequence and I'll regurgitate all over again. But for the time being, make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let the vivid seats app help you Get to your favorite live events. Enter the promo code KICKOFF, all caps KICKOFF, at checkout and receive a discount of up to $100. At the end of a hard week, it's great to sit down, take some time off, sit your butt up on the couch with your favorite snack of choice, and bet some football. Game-winning touchdowns, two-minute drives, running backs breaking down the sidelines with no one to catch them. There's nothing like the NFL. And there's no better way to make the games even more exciting than to bet on them so do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag no one gives you more ways to win than your mybookie's got the easiest payouts and better lines than any other sports book don't forget where you bet is just as important who you're where you're betting is just important as who you're betting on and mybookie.ag the best in the business it's where i bet it's where i will only bet it's where i recommend you should bet I would, guys, I've told you for, for years, like, I, I'm not going to recommend something that's not been good to me in the past. That's what I do like my bookie parlays, uh, fantasy over unders, uh, live in game betting. If it's looking like your initial bet isn't going to work out, go in at halftime, switch it up, try to hedge that bet, save yourself, you know, some money on a loss. Uh, if you're the type of guy who likes to bet, you know, like I said, if you're going to bet on it and it's not going to work out, then go ahead and, and switch it up. Or if your guy likes to spend a little bit of money to win a lot, you know, pick two, three games that are the most enticing to you. You know, put five, ten dollars down. You have a chance for a better payout. Uh, so mybookie.ag. Go ahead, check them out today. Use the promo code locked on, no space, all caps. That's again the promo code locked on. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. See that guy with the 16-team parlay that all he needs is the Redskins to win tonight, and he gets like $500,000 on a 98-cent bet. 
look, if you're going to, if you're going to play by the CDRS, you better play by the CDRS. I actually, you know what, look, if Terry McLaren has a great night, that works for me and that works for him. So, uh, you know, that guy with his 550 K John can buy me a beer. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's not going to do too much for me, but I'll take it. Um, now we'll flip it on over here. Uh, offensively. And look, however you want to slice it right now. And look, yes, a lot of it is coaching. A lot of it is play calling. I think you have an offense coordinator and a head coach who are both offensive minded, who are finding a way to mesh their beliefs, their concepts. My question is, are their beliefs and their concepts working to what is best for what your quarterback is? But you can't beat around the bush here, John. And look, we all love Baker, and it's not a knock to say it. He said it himself here. These three games have not been pretty. Um, if you want to say ghosts or getting lost in the shadows or forgetting that he can actually run the ball. Um, but it, you can put some of this on the coaching. We'll get to that final drive because that's certainly where you can do it here. And one of the things I noticed, John, before we even get to you know your analysis of it is, is the padding of the ball. This is – it's such an aggravating thing. Because all it does is slow you down. It slows your timing down. It slows down the development of the play. It's it's a poor, poor habit for a quarterback to get into. Um, yeah. So the the issue that that's going on is, I mean, there's a lot of different issues. So it's not just one <laughs> thing. It's never just one thing. When when things aren't going right, um, you obviously want to be able to figure out what the issues are and and correct them. Uh, one of the issues is. I mean, you look at a lot of the plays, a lot of these plays are just deep vertical type plays with very, you know, no check down option. Or if it's like, you know, you look at that play on near the goal, uh, when you're backed up fourth and <laughs> third, third and 17 or whatever it was. And um, no, it was third and 10. And um, they run, you know, three verticals from a, their generic trips formation, which they ran all night and had no, very little success on uh, three verticals. And then you had a shallow cross with Demetrius Harris. So he has an opportunity to throw it to Demetrius Harris. The three verticals are completely blanketed because they just covered for that. Uh, so either Baker throws it down to Demetrius Harris and hope that he breaks two tackles and gets a first down, or he's going to scramble out of the pocket and try to extend the play, which, you know, that, it's tough. It's tough to argue against what Baker doing that, especially in that situation. But like, it worked so well for him last year, also in college, where he things would not be there. He'd scramble out of the pocket and make something happen. Um, early in the season last year, it didn't like it wasn't clicking. It wasn't there. A lot of he was actually he missed on a couple of throws when he he scrambled outside the pocket. Once, like basically the second half of the season hit when those plays broke down. He, he, like, hit on them. He just flat out hit on them. But the issue with actually, want, like, relying on that type of a play is that it's not a stable thing. It doesn't – it's not something that you can carry over week to week or year to year. You have it's to be able to – football. Right. You have to be able to, to sit in the pocket and deliver it in rhythm, find the open receiver and hit him. And you have to be able to do that on a consistent basis. And Baker's not doing that right now. You look at last year, he was doing that for the most part from the pocket in that second half of the year. And even when it was, wasn't going right in the first half of the year, he was still doing that. There was the, the team around him was either dropping the pass, which happened most often of the entire NFL last year in the first half of the year, 
um, or it was something, another thing that was the, the pressure got there or, or whatever. Um, this, you know, so it's kind of like same thing, same type of thing is happening. He's not, when you see it too, you see the flashes of it where he just, he stays in the pocket and throws that ball in rhythm. It looks great. He has one of the highest grades in the NFL this year when throwing in rhythm. The problem is that it doesn't happen enough. And so when it doesn't happen enough, you look at last night when they started running those RPO uh, slants yep. and, and stuff like that. Phenomenal. I mean, he has, the, he had the, uh, this year so far when the Browns run RPO and they pass from it, they have the highest pass rating in the NFL. Not even close to the rest. Obviously, one of it's buoyed by uh, Odell Beckham Jr. taking an off for 89 yards last week. But still, like, th those plays work. He, I think he's like 14 for 15 with, oh, you know, almost 200 yards and a touchdown. Got to use – you got to keep doing that and make it work. They did that in the first half. They got – they went away from it in the second half. And – Go ahead. Yeah. No, it's just that's kind of – I mean, it's a whole – it's a lot of different things. So, it's Baker bailing out of clean pockets. I tweeted this out earlier today. He leads the NFL and, and get it, taking himself out of rhythm, which is, A, he's leaving clean pockets before the, the routes progress, or he sees an open receiver and passes up on it to bail out of the pocket. So, when you do that, you – like, no quarterback is – good like i like it's this no quarterback is at all grades well when they take themselves out of rhythm some things naturally take you out of rhythm where the coverage is so good that there's nobody open you have to scramble around or the pressure gets there so quickly that you have to scramble out of it that happens and you can make things happen but when you take yourself out of rhythm that's when things go really badly and well and the other thing though is baker is intelligent enough within the pocket so when he gets out and he breaks it that's when it's uh well what can i do and it's almost like he's looking for the big play and i will say this is probably one area where he does miss rashard higgins and you know it's not the you know like we said it's not the greatest thing in the world it's you know he basically revert to backyard football but rashard higgins and him do have a great rapport as far as the scramble drill but he doesn't have that yet with Odell. He does, you know, Jarvis and Odell, they're, they're big play receivers. They're, they don't necessarily think that way. They normally, you know, it's either we go deeper and if Odell goes deep, guess what? The entire defense goes with him. So that is one thing that's missing from it. But like you said, though, it's, you know, it's, it's great if it happens, but you know, it's, it's nothing more than, you know, chance and luck that it worked out because it's nothing you scheme for. It's nothing game plan for it. Just, you know, it's just the way it worked out. We're going to get to a couple of, uh, Players here that I know some of the listeners wanted to ask about, and then we'll get to that final four-play sequence. McCray at right tackle versus what we've seen at Chris Hubbard through a year and change. Much difference? Um, I'd say Hubbard's a little bit better, but not like McCray was terrible last night. Um, not a good run blocker. He did give up a, a late sack. Um, gave up a couple of hurries, but he wasn't that bad from a pass protection standpoint, uh, which is actually kind of surprising. I didn't actually expect him to be uh, like hold up. I, you know, I thought if you, I mean, you look at him compared to Eric Cush, who you might ask me about next. Um, like he, he performed admirably well, I'd say. I mean, it wasn't, it was a, uh, a performance that I think that, you know, when you look at it in the hole, and if anybody looks at him and studies him, he's like, yeah, that was that was not bad. He held up pretty well. His pass, pass blocking grade wasn't wasn't anything special. It was a 69.7, um, but it was good enough, I'd say. 
All right. Well, we have one more here, but since you mentioned Kush, go ahead. Mm. Yes, yes, Kush. He was bad, uh, extremely bad. bad. And it's <laughs> and it, the problem is, is that you're when you have to go up against Aaron Donald, you're going to be made look to look like a fool. But he was also. But I mean, they're not dumb. I mean, teams aren't dumb. Just as Miles was finding his way all over that offensive line last night, and me and Pete use this ter- term all the time. Find the find the turd. And that's where you're going to put your best player on. And you know, look, I mean, you know, Kush is doing the best he can. He's never – no, I mean, you could play all three of those guys who were competing this summer at right guard at the same time, and they're not going to be what Kevin Zeitler was. Look, you paid the price there. You knew what you were going to get. But go ahead. Yeah, I mean, he, so he gave up four pressures last night, um, and he had a penalty. And I think that penalty was a false start. But, uh, you know, his pass blocking grade of 20.3 – no, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's bad. It's obviously really bad. When you're going up against Aaron Donald, and you're not like Joel Batonio got got schooled by by Aaron Donald a couple times, and Batonio is like a top five pass blocking guard in the NFL. So it's not like anybody is that like can hold up to him. Like essentially, nobody can. If you're going um, up against Jesus, Jesus is going to win. Yeah, you would want obviously <laughs> if you want. Uh, um, you'd want him to perform better than what he did, obviously. Um, but I, I wouldn't – yeah, it was, it was just not good. And, look, I mean, that's where, you know, we maybe stress the emphasis of Drew Forbes. Um, obviously, look, um, if Kendall Lamb was healthy, he'd be the right – he would have been the right tackle last I, night. I don't see anybody on the Browns roster that could have filled into that right guard position. Oh, no! Except, no, no! except for maybe Wyatt Teller. I think I don't know why why I mean maybe Wyatt Teller is still learning what James Campen wants and the playbook and stuff like that, but he's a guy that I think has potential has the potential to be the long term starter at that right guard position. But I mean, really, like if if Zeitler was still on the team, yes, it would have it would have been it would have looked a lot more like what Joel Batonio had last night, which was uh, I have to pull this up. A fifty-seven point seven pass block grade. So but he had no, but he had the false start, and he did get beat for the sack. And but I mean, look, you, you know, it's right. the other guys are good too. <laughs> right, exactly. So it's just like, it, I mean, you, you, that was just, We all knew it. The right side was going to be the weak link here, um, where Cush obviously was destroyed because he had to be going up against Aaron Donald. But then McRae was pretty solid, I would say. So okay. All right, um, we'll get to one last year, and then we'll get the break, and then we'll go through that last four-play uh, four, four sequence. Um, Nick Chubb, this, is, this was it. This was the first one where it was, hey, Nick Chubb is our running back. Nick Chubb comes off the field. If he needs a blow, Nick Chubb last night. Um, he, was, he was solid. Um, he only broke one tackle for the game, though, but he was hitting his uh, – he was following his blockers decently well. There's a couple of times where he ran into the back of a – of one of his, uh, one of his blockers uh, and kind of stymied the run. But um, really you want to be able to see him break more tackles. Um, but he was – honestly, honestly, like I know that the, the, the numbers say that, you know, he averaged, what, four four 4.2 yards per carry. Um, but it wasn't his best performance of the year. So, um, you know, and also if you look at it from yards after contact per attempt, it was 2.83. Um, he hadn't been below three all year. So um, I, you have 23 carries. The volume yards will get there. Um, but uh, he, was, he wasn't he was terrible, but it wasn't as what the type of performance you'd want 
from him to like maybe take the pressure off the passing game or something like that. Okay, so there you go, guys. Um, and look, you know, Nick Chubb, and they may say this where they thought he was going to be more of a feature back come week 10, um, as long as Mr. Kareem Hunt gets over the sports hernia surgery, he's going to be a factor. Chubb is – so, like, there's a, you know, Chubb is a guy that everybody wants him to be a three-down back, but he's not great as a route runner. Um, and that is a kind of a big part of being a uh, – being able to be a running like if you want to be a three down back because you want to this point the this point the only threat is the screen right the only threat is the screen game and you saw it last night like the screen game act you know one player went yeah they were on they were onto it quick yeah they were onto it really quickly except for the one time they did run it and they got a first down um and that was a obviously a good play all around but the thing is like with those screen plays you still need like the blockers to do their job so it's he outran a, he actually outran a couple of blockers on that screen play too he had some guys where he couldn't kind of pushed him and got behind him but you know the mentality is just get going and get going fast yeah and and that's the thing is like so if if you want a a, a complete back to be able to to be out there in three downs, you need to have that threat in today's NFL to be able to have that threat to split them out wide and trust them to run routes. You saw it last week. I mean, at least I did um, where there's a couple of times where Baker looked to throw his way when it was, they were going empty, but Nick Chubb ran the wrong route or was too deep in his, his, his break or was too slow in it or something like that. And Baker had to, had to bail out of it or, or go to a different read. So that's another thing too, where like, you know, what's wrong with the offense, you know, when, when t- players aren't running the proper routes or slowing a route, like Nick Chubb was last week, that's where things can break down. And it doesn't, why, why things just don't look right. And, you know, and look at, you can probably get cream on in here when it does come, go some he 20 personnel. Phenomenal. Play, yes, he is. Receiver as a yep. running back. He's one of the best in the NFL. He's like a Le'Veon Bell type when it comes to that. Yep, and then he can start going with some, you know, 20 personnel, 21, 20, uh, you know, a 20, whatever, and, and use the best assets you have. But obviously Opens have up to- some ton of options, exactly. Yep, so we're going to have to tread some water until we get there. Guys, uh, we got to give away some Zabo power last night. Uh, as you know, uh, veteran, a former veteran, putting out great, great uh, T-shirt and apparel. Uh, so, you know, check out the folks uh, out of Vermilion, Ohio, uh, the Zabo apparel company. Always appreciate them for the partnership here with Locked on Browns. John, this is one where you get to step away from your PFF lens. That final four-play sequence, just the football in you. Look, you've got a stud-wide receiver. You've got a running back that's getting it done. I've never seen such a, uh, let's try this, or maybe this might work. I mean, it was – the whole thing about it, I mean, it, it was pathetic. It, everything about it was just so – Oh, maybe this will work. There was zero confidence in any of it. And I went back, and the one thing I, you know, I was thinking about, and I've gone through this all day, was Jarvis Landry, the counter-touchdown run that started it off against Carolina last year. Where's the, where was the creativity? There was, I mean, it was so stinking. It looked like preseason, how freaking bland it was. And there's nobody to blame, but you know, the guys who were calling these plays, look, Baker didn't do himself any favors, but – Whatever they called, it's thinking it wasn't good. No. So here, here's an issue. So uh, first play, you have zero coverage across the uh, – which is zero coverage is everybody's manned up. There's no deep safety or deep player protecting. It's an all-out blitz. 
and there's man to man on all the guys that are, are being covered. Um, you, you try to throw it to the one guy that's like blanketed in Jarvis land, like Jarvis Landry, instead of throwing in maybe a quick slant inside um, he's covered next play. You've got a, a, a jump ball to Demetrius Harris in the back, back of the end zone. Ne- he never looked, he never looked Odell Beckham jr's way. Yes. After that first play where they double teaming him. Sure. But he was open. There was a, they were play or not the se- the second play. Sorry, wasn't the the jump ball to Demetrius Harris. It was a play where they they sprint out to the right. Uh, they had a spacing play. They had the I think it was spot seven was what they had. So a spot corner, which is a, a spot where you have a, a, a hitch and then you have a flat and then you got a corner behind it. Nobody covered Odell Beckham Jr. on that corner. Baker just has to see it. So you want to blame play calling of not calling a run play and stuff like that. This is a play that right here Baker should have seen. OBJ wide open in the corner of the end zone, doesn't see him, tries to throw it underneath to a covered Jarvis Landry, um, and that gets batted down. Third play is where he tried to throw it up top over to Demetrius Harris, to, who was blanket in coverage. Instead of, hey, let me look at my superstar wide receiver who's the best in the NFL. You always want to throw to your fifth option in that scenario, John. Right, exactly. You won't always want to. I mean, when you, when you have a chance to pass up on, on potentially the greatest wide receiver uh, in the game uh you have to take it right so so the play call there right so the play call was obj doubled yes but they're playing from off coverage and he ran a quick hitch like right into the shallow part of the end zone wide open was never even looked at um make i mean you gotta you gotta give him an opportunity to go hey where's my superstar wide receiver i gotta at least give him a chance for a contested catch opportunity dude that can make one-handed grabs like nobody's business and you're not trying to get throw it to him so that's another issue baker was not seeing that right try to throw it up to you know blanketed coverage to a uh, a tight end that's never shown anything as what he's a basketball player so what like you know yes. like it's like that's a basketball player he's not a football player it's a different sport so don't there's no reason for that and then that fourth down play that was an awful call play call I don't know what the heck they're running over on uh, trying to do something, some type of spacing. The pressure got there immediately. I think there's like, like a still that somebody showed on, on Twitter today saying, Hey, why didn't he run it or something like that? If you actually watch the play, there was no path for him to run it. He would have been sacked immediately that way. Uh, so Baker did what he could to bail out of that pocket because nobody was open on that one with a really pr- crappy play call. Um, and he actually put it in an okay spot for Ratley to catch it still you want again so then you're going to your fourth option right exactly <laughs> instead of Ratley trying to make a contested catch put that in OBJ's hands yep that just never looked to him in that final four plays so people want to say you should have run it I don't know whatever Maybe once or you call a QB draw a designed one but you know mix it you had four shots and they're three all bad. Plays, three of the, the first three plays, you had OBJ open. Never, never looked at, went to a different option because he just never looked at him, assumed he was being double teamed and he was going to be covered. And what was he brought here for? To exactly. get you through games like this. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. And so that was, my, that was my issue with those last four plays. I didn't have an issue with not running the ball. I just – that's not a thing that I think is um, – I mean, you could try it, and you're gonna obviously you can have you can just easily call the timeout. Why not? But really, if Baker just reads the defense and sees, hey, 
this guy double teaming OBJ fell down. So now OBJ's got one guy on him. I mean, that's what you, 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 you dream of situations like that where it's just an easy, easy five yard pitch and catch to him then. So yeah, look, you know, nobody, nobody loves Damian Ratley more than I, but um, if you're going to go down, uh, you better go down, you know, fire in your best bullet. And that was the most frustrating part about that drive. And that's why I say maybe run it once, because at that point, Nick Chubb was probably your second best bullet. At least try those two guys, something, whatever, shovel pass. And the other thing is the freaking zero creativity. There was nothing. I mean, all of it was so bland. Um, they are not a good enough team where they can just come out and go mano y mano. Our 11 are better than your 11. No, we're not there yet. We're not even close to there yet. Well, uh, go ahead. Even if it's bland, like, I mean, you want your quarterback to go, hey, I'm going to look to my superstar wide receiver option. Let me just glance at him. Let me glance at him as I get the snap to see what ha- happened off the line of scrimmage. If he does that, he sees Marcus Peters got juked out of his socks and is eating dirt because OBJ got himself open immediately. He immediately throws it to him, touchdown. Why not just also peek at, hey, I love Jarvis Landry. You talk, he, I, know, I know that like Jarvis doesn't – He's, he doesn't have all this all-world talent. He's getting way overpaid for what he does. Uh, but still, look underneath to he's streaking open for the, on a slant underneath the guy you're trying to throw a jump ball to. Jump balls, fades, end zone fades are the least efficient play in the NFL. I, I don't know if anybody in the Browns organization knows this. You just run numbers on it. It's the least efficient throw in the NFL, and especially of if course. you're trying to throw it to a dude that, that can't even – catch the ball on a normal basis. So that's where my issue with that, like people like the fourth down play call was awful. The fourth and nine draw thing. was. Oh awful. my God. I mean, there, there was a lot of bad play calling in this game, but the first three downs of that, there were people open. Baker was not seeing them. And that's yeah. where, and that's where like where I, I, I went on the, you know, I tweeted this out last night and people were kind of like going like reaming me or something like that. It's like trying to go off after the play call. It's like, listen, I get the play calling wasn't great, but there were legit opportunities on the field that Baker missed that he needs to see. And you need to go, you have to be, you have to be aware of the situation of like, mm, I'm not going to throw it to my, if I have a full healthy team, my eighth option on the team to try to <laughs> really, he wouldn't, he's a guy that wouldn't be on the field in the situation if it weren't for all the injuries that you have. So why are you trying to throw it to, a dude that's actually double covered in the end zone. That's never going to make that catch. I just don't get that. That's where he needs to be more aware. You look to your superstar guy, see Marcus Peters on the ground because he was juked out because OBJ got himself open. I, I bet you OBJ is probably now you talk about like, you know, wide receiver, superstar wide receivers that are divas or whatever. He's probably upset because it's like, I was over here doing jumping jacks and you were throwing it to this basketball player. Yep. And even still though, if you actually, and even still, if you were going to throw it on every four of those downs, Ricky Seals Jones probably was the guy to at least have in there. He was a former wide receiver, better athlete, whatever, all of it's nonsense. And look, and here, and like I said last night, at the end of all this and how you know, bad things seem right now, you go win at Baltimore next week. You were tied for the division lead. So you want to know what, as bad as this has been, Go get it right. Go into Baltimore, get yourself a victory, and you were tied for the division lead. Uh, always thankful when John Costco can uh, be able to join here uh, at John Costco three. Obviously, you know part of PFF, a huge part of PFF uh, at PFF underscore Browns. 
uh, the work over there. I, you know, it's I love sitting down with John because we can get into the technical side of it, and then we can always just kind of fan about it. Two former players, like this is not right, this is not good. Uh, so it's always a pleasure when we can get him on here. Uh, so you know, I enjoy doing the PFF shows; they're always a blast for me. Uh, John, obviously the best to, uh, yeah, best to you, uh, the wife, the kids and everything that's going on. Look, it's September, John, we're back in a routine. Things are so much normal. makes life easier for everybody. Yeah. You know, I guess to, to take things in perspective too, this is defending Nash, you know, NFC champions, um, that's are going to be contenders in the NFC again. And you took them to the wire, uh, on Sunday night football, um, undermanned. In, and I think I think if you looked at the schedule from uh, the beginning of the season, after three games, you're probably saying this team's two and one. They had yep. an opportunity to do that, um, like in a realistic expectation. Yes, you want to see uh, that. Obviously, they should have won that first game. They they perhaps you would you know obviously had all those issues, the penalties. Baker had a bad fourth quarter. I don't know if he was hurt. Um, cause he actually played really well in that game up until the fourth quarter. So um, I don't know if I don't, you know, that's another thing too, how much, how much of him getting hit that much in that game uh, has, has affected him in these past couple of games. But yeah, I think from a, from a, you know, a general perspective, I mean, they're one game off the pace of what probably what was realistic going into, you know, after coming out of uh, week three. So um, it's not the end of the world by any means, but obviously you, you're, we, everybody was expecting this offense to be clicking at a better, uh, better way. And I don't think we all can took into consideration that the offense was going to be a completely different offense uh, than what we saw in the second half of last year. So. Yeah, it certainly seems the weirdest part of what we're discussing here now. Uh, like I said, he's John Costco. Uh, I've told you everywhere we can follow him, check everything out. The show itself at Locked On Browns, all over case, uh, follow back account. DMs are always open. Me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Uh, DMs are open over there. Uh, appreciate every guy. I appreciate everyone here. Um, obviously, look, a tough one. Uh, but look, you know, we get right to go back, right back at it. First game, NFC North. You have a chance here. Uh, you know, we'll get into it during the week. Um, you know, obviously, we're going to get into the Ravens and all of that stuff and get into it deep. Uh, so that is kind of where we're at here now. Everybody hang in, hang tight. There's still, you know, the opportunity is still there to be exactly where you want or hoping to be at this point. So just patience. Patience is all I can say. Patience, Daniel son. Uh, until the next time, this has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LLB. Let's go Browns. <laughs>